looking for an apartment sucks wherever you live. People in New York will say, oh, it's so hard to find an apartment here. It's hard to find an apartment anywhere. It stinks. You have your mandatories. You have the things that you won't compromise on. You have the things that you don't care about. Like, let's say, oh, I need a dishwasher. I need a dishwasher. I can't live without a dishwasher. I don't care if I don't have a washer and dryer. Some people feel the exact opposite. Some people don't need any amenities. Some people need an elevator. Some people don't. That's so beautiful. We all need different things. And that's why Apartments.com has an app where you can literally use it to tell it what you need and what you don't need. And it tells you, oh, apartments. Here's some. So instead of looking through every single rental listing you possibly can in the neighborhoods you want, you set and forget, like in that old rotisserie grill ad, you set and forget what you want and Apartments.com will let you know when an apartment that matches what you want appears on the market. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking are listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com's instant alerts mean you can spend less time online looking for the perfect place and more time doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. You will drain us. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And this is John Stamos on Kiki Palmer's podcast. I mean, I think I reached puberty there. I can, I remember <laughs> so vividly, like we would go to pick up girls and it was like, five, it was $5 admission to get in. And I'd be standing in line. Damn, what was this, 1901? $5 admission? When was Disney World $5 to get in? How old is John Stamos? (laughs) Do you want to guess? How old is John Stamos? I bet you'll be right in two guesses. Uh, John Stamos is like 65? Lower. 60, 60? Lower. He's in his 50s? He's 59. Oh, I am. Oh, okay. I think 60 was good. A fine guess. Yeah, no, it was a great guess. I don't know. He's somehow 59, but was also 12 years old in 1901 going to Disneyland, a place that didn't exist in 1901, but still. I mean, I'm like, I truly am like, how much was Disney World? Like, I really do want to fact check him. There's no way that it was like, it was $5 to get in. God. How much was Disney World in 19... Okay, fortunately, because Disney people are completely insane, there are charts that track the price of Disney World since 1971. When when John Stamos was 15, it was 1978. So uh-huh. in 1978, Disney World was $6.50. So. Oh my god! <laughs> wow and he was going in 1975 it was six dollars okay you know what that's i'm rarely speechless but i was just me us and kiki palma were just like proven wrong like we were just spanked i mean inflation is crazy inflation is crazy no, but it doesn't matter. I'm just inflation is cr- inflation is crazy. The world we live in now is obviously just so fucking out of bounds, <laughs> and obviously five dollars kind you know meant more than five dollars does now. Yeah, but yeah. it is so funny that he remembers paying five dollars, and she's like, "Are you kidding me?" And he's like, "Not lying. Like he's not remembering incorrectly." <laughs> he paid six dollars to go to Disney World. Wow! Imagine being yeah. a Disney adult back. Th- I don't think they had them back then. They hadn't put that into the book of diseases yet. <laughs> What's it called? The book of diseases? What is it called? The, like, 
but like <laughs> no i know the book you're talking about but what is it called um it's but called like, the it has a great acronym the dsm <laughs> the dsm yes thank you they hadn't added disney adult to the dsm yet at least until the you know mid 90s or whatever the kids who went to disney as kids grew up and became like little freaks <laughs> you know <laughs> is little freak in the dsm <laughs> little freak is getting entered this year actually <laughs> i petitioned Okay, that was great. Congrats to Kiki Palmer for having a podcast on Wondery called Baby, This is Kiki Palmer. That is apparently a sleigh. I had never listened to it, and now it's in my library. <laughs> well, okay. The the reason why is because it was pay, it was pay-gated or like Amazon it was gated by only, Amazon. Right? Exactly. You had to listen through. If it was free, but you had to listen on Amazon. And now they, they opened it up. So it's like real. Right, because I remember seeing this cover art before, and I was like, I'm not listening to this on Amazon Music. I'm sorry, Kiki. But now it's on all platforms, and you can listen to it ad-free. Okay, right. Well, it's just too hard to go yeah. elsewhere. We're saying there's a podcast that's on every single platform. You can find us across all your apps and your RSS readers and feeders. I'm sorry, but Kiki Palmer had an episode of her podcast on April 25th called WTF is the Stock Market with guess who the – Susie Orman. Susie Orman. <laughs> I knew it. Susie Orman. Susie Orman. That is how I started to be the Susie Orman that you all see today. Oh, my gosh. You took me on a damn winding trip, Suze. I really love this story, and I feel like I've seen the movie Flash before me starring that girl that's playing Barbie. So I'm definitely going to have to see this, this movie come to life someday because it is a trip. Well, that's our next project. Let's do that. I know. That's <laughs> right. You were talking about her yesterday. We were talking about Susie Orman yesterday. We have we to listen. John Hill's show. We were. All of her financial advice really is like, wear a big shirt for a long time and like, don't treat yourself to like snacks every day, you know? I'm deeply unfamiliar with Susie Orman's like <laughs> methodologies and, and practices and suggestions. I just think that like her aesthetically, she's iconic. <laughs> it is funny because we all, you know. In a, for camp reasons, we stand Susie Orman, but I'd love to meet an actual person who's like, I watched, I have consumed Susie Orman and know, and like actually can say the types of tips that she's giving out. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I know what you mean. There are people who are like, I love Martha Stewart camp figure. And then people are like, I love Martha Stewart camp figure, but I'm actually also a fan and I know all, I've read the magazine and I've read all her books and I know exactly yes. like kind of the examples of things. Is there, are there people for Susie Orman like that? There must yes. well that's that's the whole aura and mythology of these people. You have to go into it assuming that there are, even if you've never met any, right? You have to assume that yes. there are legions of, of people who can of say, course. Oh, I retired ten years earlier than I thought I would because of Susie Orman. But I don't know any of those people. Sure, but I want them to be gay and know that she's also a camp figure <laughs> and also follow her rules, not just be like a normal person listening to her rules. Do you know what I mean? I want them to be gay. Like I want them to know that her haircut is like fucking amazing and also follow her financial rules. Right. You need someone who follows Susie Orman's financial advice while simultaneously listening to Padum, you know, like yes. Padum, Padum. Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 okay. yes, 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 yes. Okay. They're reading the Susie Orman newsletter while the Padam is playing on repeat. You know what? I bet that person listens to the podcast. So call in at 619 who them to leave questions, comments, and concerns about Susie Orman. Yeah, give me a rundown of what Susie Orman is teaching you. I'd love, I really want, but I want it from a from a perspective of a listener. 
I'm going to skip our first comment that I was going to play on uh, a Brit's take on the morning show drama with Phil Schofield because I don't want to get sued. <laughs> well, it's a little dark if you want to Google some other theories that may, as to reasons why he left the show. Like, maybe you should do that if it interests you. The best call we got about this was from Tabby Lamb, longtime hooligan, who literally begins the call being like, I'm not sure you can talk about this without getting yeah. sued, but, and I was like, okay, I'm listening, but am I going to play this? I'm sorry, but we talk about the UK suing people like crazy for defamation. I'm not even going there. Yeah, like, I'm not going absolutely there. Absolutely not. I've, I've read too much, you know? But if you want to go there, uh, just find a subreddit. We also got an email that, that said basically like, from the UK, FYI, you guys are saying people might not know about this if they're just watching the show. It's pretty widespread. Mm -hmm. People are definitely going to know about this. Like, it's on all news currently, you know? Yeah. You'd have to be really plugged out to not know this was happening. Yeah. So it really is a big scandal and a big deal. Hello. I'm just going to let you know that um, Ian Hawke, who is Eva Murray, uh, her future husband, Ian Hawke is also the name of the main villain from the Alvin and the Chipmunks universe. Thank you. Crunch, crunch. Bye. Wait. This is good. I was like, this guy's not named Ian Hawke. That's, um, that's what's-his-face. That's David Cross. So David Cross's character in Alvin and the Chipmunks world is Ian Hawke. I've never seen these movies, so this doesn't mean anything to me, but Wait, I love it. This is funny. He used to work for Jet Records, was the former manager and arch nemesis of the Chipmunks and Chip Pets, and Dave's former arch rival and best friend. Ian attended college with Dave, his ex-roommate. When Dave first entered headquarters, Ian wanted to be his boss since he was no longer Dave's college roommate. Instead, he became his best friend. Oh my God, first of all, who wrote this? <laughs> You're amazing. Second of all, I didn't know that like the Dave versus like the, I didn't know that the evil guy was a record exec. That's like very telling. Yeah, because well, they are singers. Yeah, no, I know that's their main that's their main job as chipmunks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, what what's sort of funny to me is that the popularity of Alvin and the Chipmunks movies really missed the boat with regards to sped up versions. You know, like I feel like Alvin and yeah. the Chipmunks would be thriving in the sped up era. Oh, are you kidding? Yeah, like with all pop music sped up and sounding like a chipmunk. The yes. chipmunks could. But do you think they would be out of jobs because we just speed them up? We don't need the chipmunks to do covers. <laughs> Wait, that's the fourth Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. Alvin and Chipmunks, colon. Sped up. Unemployed. It would just be called <laughs> sped, sped up. up. <laughs> sped up and sped out. It's true. We don't need them. Sped up and sped out. The way that I was listening to the new Lana song and then after it played oh a sped God, up version of the Lana song. And about I thought to say that. that my brain was like, I thought literally that I was having a stroke. I was like, <laughs> I, I am stroking I don't mean to laugh out. at that, but like. I know. I know. I know. That's so funny. My favorite fun fact about Alvin and the Chipmunks, the squeakquel, which I've never seen again is that it was directed by Betty Thomas. And do you know who Betty Thomas is? No. Prolific director of movies that were sort of influential when we were kids in the 90s, okay? Like what? Like the Brady Bunch movie. What? Oh. The first Dr. Doolittle. Oh, wow. And 28 Days, the Sandra Bullock one where she is an addict. And then she falls in wait, love that's with... Not, wait, that doesn't fit. Sorry. Sorry. Things sorry is not like the other. She produced, she produced Can't Hardly Wait, though. Okay, but I'm just saying, you said literally two children... You said two, two children's movies and then 28 but Days Later. She, 28, 28 Days. I love 28 Days. She was also... She was an actor first who was like prolific on television. But... Yeah. She is best known to me for being the antagonist in a little uh -huh. film called True Beverly Hills. 
Wait, that's her? She's Velda Plender. Stop it. Yeah. You definitely and told then, me this before. She's Velda. That's Velda, all right. Yeah. She was she's, Velda. Her, she's incredible in that. Yeah. I think she got famous she's, for one of those shows, one of those cop shows in the 80s. Um, oh, yeah. Hill Street Blues. Being yeah. the, the villain in, like, honestly, straddling the line between not being actually a hateful person and being a good villain in that movie is, like, a, an amazing skill. Like, she really is. She's sympathetic. She's more, like, annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And you feel bad for it. Oh, my God. What, she ends up working at, like, the Walmart or whatever? A blue light She's special, like, aisle up. 13, yeah. cookies. Yeah. That's the last line of the movie. Come on. <laughs> Attention, Kmart shoppers. Blue light special, aisle 13, cookies. I could quote that movie from the I front know. to the back. Have we not? done a patreon watch along with that that's no, crazy haven't. to me i that's one of my most no, we haven't. internalized films yeah that and romy michelle i guess i mean just movies that i fully every part of it reminds me of a different part of my life the Not that, like i lived a life like it but just in terms of watching it <laughs> when i think of true beverly hills i think of like putting on the vhs and it like instantly starting with the beach boy song and like i'm put into a time and a place that is as transportive as any movie has ever been or ever... Like, the opening of this is on par with the... Oh, of Titanic. Listen, but it's <laughs> it's the sonic opposite. I know this is triggering me. Stop triggering me. Let's watch True Beverly Hills on vacation. <laughs> Tomorrow. Yeah, can't we do it? We're going on vacation and like what we're going to do is watch True Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, we Let's still... Let's really do something we wouldn't do for work. Like watch True Beverly <laughs> Anyway, Ian Hawke, the fiance of Eva Amuri, shares a name with the antagonist of Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakquel, which was directed by the antagonist of Velda. True Beverly Hills. These are facts that you can pull out at like family events and people will fucking lose it. And then your family members will pull out the DSM. They'll pull the DSM again <laughs> and they'll pull say. Pull out the DSM and they'll go, which one are they'll you? Say, they'll say Disney adult. Hmm, no, what's <laughs> after that? Oh my God. Okay, uh... next call. Hi, seriously, long time, long time. Um, I'm calling from a train station right now, which is, like, mildly embarrassing. But um, per a quick Wikipedia, Billy King is Jewish, so I don't know what that adds, if anything, to the Hebrew Hummer tattoo situation. Okay, just wanted to let you know. Chris, Chris, bye. I knew she was Jewish. I knew okay. she was Jewish. I should have mentioned it. Obviously. Um, I mean, obviously. Okay. I still think it's weird to get hummus tattooed on the back of your neck, even as a Jewish person. Is there any <laughs> is there any Hebrew word you would get tattooed on your neck? No, 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 oh my no. nothing. No tattoos no. in Hebrew. I know because you you have tattoos, but you would never get a word in Hebrew in ta- uh, on your body. There is something a little bit about getting ta- Hebrew tattooed on you for many reasons, although like it's right because like is it technically? Yeah, like that is something that you're really not quote unquote. There are many different 
traditions and some imply that you're not really supposed to get tattoos right, at that's what all. Say. Yeah. So getting something tattooed in Hebrew is a little bit like, okay, you're really digging in now. Like why? Are you, like, like, like we said that, you know, we really tried to say, but you know, you're whatever. My, what I, all I want to say to this is that she's part of the tribe, but I don't think she's eating tribe hummus. Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. That's it. We can end there. Oh my God, y'all. Ariana Maddox just played me. She posted through Instagram story this morning, seven hours ago, a photo or video of herself with the phrase ready to dip out. Um, those who watch know. Um, and she's in front of a bunch of boxes insinuating that she's going to move out. 15 minutes ago, posted a follow-up. And you know what? I was curious. I was predicting this because she's wearing a sweatshirt that is branded. And I did notice also a little bit later that one of the boxes, I think, says finances. Oh, my God. I cannot believe I fell for this spawn. Oh, my God. I'm so sad for me. Crunch, crunch. (laughs) Wait, that was like a real, like, process. (laughs) I'm so sad for me. God, the fact that all the evidence was there, she really wasn't trying to obscure it. Mm, She was. She was. She was trying to get press for moving out. This is the most devious shit ever. This woman, I you do have to hand it to her. She has about two weeks left till this runs out. Like she literally is on borrowed time. Mm -hmm. She knows it. Her manager knows it. Her agent knows it. And they are putting her face. They're slapping her name and putting her face on everything possible. We have three more reunions. Two more. Last night was one. Well, two nights ago for you. We have two more reunions. And then like TBD on the rest of her existence as like a celebrity figure beyond the Vanderpump Rules world. Who's capable of demanding the amount of money she's able to demand right now. Right now. Because a lot of this stuff is airing. It's very hand in hand. Like she, they know she can get tabloid media for this. They know that this can air during the reunion, which is like a double handed, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's impressive. You have to hand it to her. This specific spawn, though, very devious. Very devious. This reminds me of, since I can't speak to much of the Vanderpump Rules stuff, this reminds me of there is a food influencer who I follow and have followed for a long time. I don't want to name them because this was a rumor. This was secondhand that I heard somewhere. But I noticed that this particular food influencer has been doing a lot. Doing a lot in terms of branded stuff and spawn stuff and stuff that will make them money. And I brought it up to a friend, and they were like, oh, actually, I heard from someone who knows them, and this person, this food influencer, is quite certain of the fact that, like, they're on borrowed time. And so they're just taking every deal that comes their way, according to the secondhand thing. And I was like, okay, that actually makes so much sense because they're being realistic. They're being like, I know that I won't be this famous and influential for long, so let me cash out as much as I possibly can before it dries up. So this reads as smart to me, clever. And it's so rare to have that foresight. It's so rare to be aware of that. It's almost like during the Olympics or during Super Bowl or during – it's almost – it's really hard to have that like prescribed period of time where you're going to have a lot of eyes on you and know it beforehand. Like I do think there is this thing where you think you'll be famous forever other than – like Ariana Maddox like – 
I think she has like a relatively good head on her shoulders and she knows right. that this is limited time. Normally, I think a, a maybe a who or a person on a reality show might say, well, I'm going to be famous forever. I don't need to do, the well I don't will need never to run do all of this right now. It'll yeah. never, I'll never run in. But like, if you look at like Olympians or like, you know, other people who have these like periods of time where all eyes are on them and that's when they like do the majority of their money making or like stuff ad selling. Yeah. They know that it's now or never. And if you're, if I'm going to do like that Purina puppy chow ad it's gonna be a full-out assault (laughs) at a specific time you know yes but this ad is i do think this ad is devious though because it's a really it's it's a huge like even if page six knew that it was spawn they still posted it like even they're even in on this you know they still posted it as if it was she's moving out she never moved out from their house they still live in the house together here's my comment though what's your comment i mean i know you have all the context that i don't have to me, when I was looking at all of this, so she posts, I mean, we should give a better rundown of the of the events. She was photographed by paparazzi, whom she probably called, let's be honest, in a SoFi sweatshirt, taking out banker's boxes from the house she shares with Tom, right? Yeah. And she's putting them all, like, on the front porch, like, as if she's moving. Those photographs are instantly published in People, Page Six, other places, and framed as though she's moving out of this house. Not long after she posts a selfie of her saying, ready to dip out, the caller said within 15 minutes, she revealed it as Spawn. So I'm saying the fake out is more on page six than people. It doesn't really Got seem it. like Ariana is trying to fake anyone out. Got it. Am I wrong? Am I being too generous? No, 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 no. I, I think that's a very good point to make. It, it I think it, it's, a, it's a very good point she, to make. She's in a shirt that says SoFi. I know. Well, but, but they're the ones that like bought those paparazzi photos. They want to use yeah, them. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And even I love the language when people found out that like this was probably Spawn. They reached out to SoFi and SoFi told people this was a quote stunt. They used the word stunt instantly when people reached out. It really doesn't seem like she's trying to be deceptive here. You know? Yeah. I'm just being maybe a little generous. And also, what is her character on the show, the quote unquote, like, the normal one? Is she the most, like, rational, reasonable one, canonically? I mean, I mean, <laughs> that's like saying, like, which Cheeto in the bag is the cheesiest? You know, like, that's, that's like saying, like, I don't know. Or is the like, least cheesy, I guess. I guess out of all of the characters on this show, she is other than the other another character's new girlfriend this season she is the newest therefore there is this kind of element of being not as poisoned meanwhile she's been on the show for a long time but she is one of the kind of people who was brought in not originally cast because she started dating obviously tom sandoval a few years back right seven years ago or however long they said they've been together but it but it was on the show and then it's a bunch of the other actors actors characters fell out or are still there but she really is the the newest of them all and there always was something about her that was a little bit more reserved and normal even though it kind of came to be where it was revealed that her and her now ex-boyfriend had a little bit of a pact to not quote-unquote embarrass each other on tv look at what happened with that they Uh they still managed to embarrass the hell out of her and she ruined his life but i do think that maybe was a reason why there was kind of this unspoken agreement i want to go through because whoever put this here i love this i want to go through all of the sponsored content and gigs i put that there but it's from bridget oh this was from bridget in the cut 
What I loved about this particular post from Bridget Reed, right? Yes. Is that it predated the most egregious one. Like, she published this before the one that got the most attention even happened. You know, like, she saw this coming. She saw the trend, and it was only, and it only got worse. Yeah. Right. So I want to read through all the different partnerships and potentially money-making endeavors that Ariana Maddox has done since Scandaval broke. The headline is really good. Ariana Maddox is making a fortune from all of this. I hope so. I hope so. Put it, I bet, and I, you know what? Talk to Susie Orman. You better be investing this well. <laughs> Does she have a 401k? You can open your own as a freelancer. She just seems so rational. She she doesn't seem to expect too much from this. It is rare that somebody has a breakout moment of reality show and is more of a normal person. Like technically the person who's crazy in this is Tom Sandoval, but he's the one who did the thing versus receiving the kind of attention. Do you well, know what I mean? So yes. it's like she was she was dragged into this in a way. She didn't ask for this. And didn't Tom Sandoval try to parlay this into selling out like singing events like concert yeah, events but he's that been trying to do that with his on with his reality show fame for a while so it didn't change when this happened like nothing really changed for okay. her she wasn't trying to do all of that stuff i mean she was on the show i'm sure she was making money other ways i think they put on a book together at some point about with like cocktails but okay. it but it never felt like she was doing like what he was doing okay okay can i read now please please please, please. number one partnership with sex toy boutique i love that because that's the first thing that you do that's the easiest that's the that's the lowest to the ground in terms of not in terms of shamey in terms of like those companies are always looking for influencers to sell sex toys and uh -huh. she was like that would be the first people that would come to her you mm -hmm. know modeling for bloomingdale's celebrating something called quote natural joy day for a flavored seltzer called joy burst i have to play this video really quickly because i'm happy It's her cheersing like one million people at a table with a carton of Joy Burst while happy place. Next, a Bic Razor ad that compared her ex to a drain clog. Can you play this, I'll please? play this, yes. Good morning. It's about time I shared my truth about something that's irritating me lately. It just feels like every day something was blocking me from living the life I deserve. And I can't lie, it's been kind of rough. Life She's does not, not have this. to be that complicated and annoying. Like, we all deserve to know how to deal with these freaking hairs that get stuck in my razor. Bye. Now, these big, easy rinse razors, that's another story. Their patented anti-clogging technology gets a super smooth shave with less irritation and no clogging. I'm seriously so impressed. Feels like I'm just starting a whole new unclogged chapter in my life, you know? Okay, she needs to spend some of that money on an acting class. I'm sorry. No, I don't think she wants to be an actor. She's going to go like buy a house in the woods and never be on television again. Sorry, you know what's next on the list? A role in a Lifetime movie co-starring Megan Good called Buying Back My Daughter. Oh, God, Megan Good. What is Megan okay. Good doing these days? Oh, my God. That, uh, she's in a Lifetime movie called Buying Back My Daughter. No, <laughs> I know, said. but she's also dating Jonathan Majors in her own, like, weird PR situation. Oh, right. Oh, my God. That's what's next. A rumored upcoming appearance on Dancing with the Stars, collaborations with a clothing brand called Boys Lie and Uber Eats, the Uber One ad featuring her co-stars Sheena Shea and L Lala Kent parroting Sheena Shea's dance track. You have to play that. You yeah. have to play this. It's like, we're going to Uber One. It's like, it's dream it's very good. All right, ladies, we are back in the studio with the Good as Gold remix for Uber One. I got this Uber One tip for ya. Hot membership, oh yeah. To save on rides and eats. Saving. 
that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. She um, is selling her own merch, obviously. And I heard that the sandwich, the merch for the sandwich store that she and her co-star have not opened yet. It's not open, but the merch has already made like six figures. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm not done. She also was spotted working the drive-through one window at Raising Cane's in El Segundo. It's like when Ben Affleck did the uh, Dunkin' thing. Come by to see her serving looks, chicken fingers, and maybe even serving some piping hot, or in our case, iced tea before. <laughs> Sentences. That's a cursed sentence. That's just like I feel for, for all of the, everyone working on the Raising Cane social team. Like I feel so sorry. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Oh my God. How many drafts? How many drafts? I'm crying. She's running out of goodwill, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> or, or is there an, or will she ever run out of goodwill? You know, in a situation like this, I have to read the what she said on the story. Two things you can trust: your gut and your financial planner. This is Brian, aka Doctor Money, and he works with SoFi, the bank that's got my back. Brian has given me so much support and advice today, and now I actually have a game plan on how to move forward financially. We're all on Team Ariana. <laughs> Cheers to that. Uh, this makes me run. I'm running towards Susie versus this, you know? But I think Susie is saying, clever girl, clever girl. <laughs> she is, but she's not saying like, I'm only surrounding myself with ride or dies from now on. SoFi is the all-in-one financial app with a whole squad of financial planners who have your best interest in mind. This is probably, if not millions, at least a million dollars that she's made with like, For sure. oh, two For weeks sure. of brand work, at least. I just wonder, is this the first kind of... It's, I guess it's hard to generalize because she's on a reality show as a scorned woman in culture. Have we had like a scorned woman like kind of do all of this in yet in terms of in our modern influencer type era? Like we it's like I'm thinking about like Anthony Weiner's ex for some reason. Like what's her face? Oh, Huma like, would I, never. I don't know why. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking about like famous scorned woman. And I just feel like. What's maybe nice about this is that we've not treated scorned women well in the past. Mm -hmm. Like usually the press is like very negative. This feels very positive. And I wonder if that's because she is the character on this TV show and has built up goodwill from that. Like being kind of people have, see, have seen her and there's and they know that she's like really a relatively good person. I mean, we don't yeah. know her. It's a reality show. But they and they already like her versus like kind of the scorned woman in pop culture that always gets like this ne the negative the the kind of like almost I mean I guess a lot of this just has to do with like it's it's because of the tone of the show to begin with so it's like she's not out here right. sort of like asking for pity or some sort of intense like journalistic moment where she has a sit down interview with someone or she writes like a tell all or she does all of this she's turning the scorned woman narrative into like a very gleeful money-making opportunity and that's right, what feels right. new you know like yeah she's almost like cutting off the bad press at the pass by just being like i don't give a shit i'm gonna make money off of this that feels rare it's better. I'm. I will say it's. It's annoying, but it's better than our alternative, which is like shaming her for her boyfriend cheating on her, mm -hmm. like in a disgusting way. Which I feel like in the past would have been the response. Although I, the main difference being that she's a character on a TV show, and usually what I'm thinking of the ex the examples are not just normal famous people. Not you know that there's already narratives about right. and it's also you know more of their real lives versus this kind of storytelling a little bit yeah. element in it 
I wonder if this is setting a precedence for like maybe a culture that is more empathetic towards this person or maybe it's all about how the public sees you. Yeah, it was just I think so much of it is just because she was not a girly that anyone really took seriously. You know, like she was on an absurd yeah. reality show. So people are having fun right. with the absurdity of all of this. Like Huma Abedin was like a political person, you know, like. I know, but we should have had empathy for her too. We should have let her go to Raising Cane's and work the drive through I'm kidding. But like <laughs> if you get cheated on by your famous husband, you should be able to make a million dollars selling razors. You know, like I want that for you. Yeah. Who just got cheated on by their famous husband? I mean, I guess like pick a woman. Everyone. I guess. Yeah. Pick I a know. woman. I know. I know. They should, this really should, you're right. This should open up the doors the for those standard. women to be like, you know what? If you're in a bad way right now, if you're not a bad way, yes. it means something else. If you're in a bad place right now, <laughs> fucking right. make a buck. If you're in a bad place right now, Schick is going to call you and say, make an ad about where you compare your ex to a razor and having hair stuck in it. You know? Make capitalism work for you in this very brief moment in time when your story and your brand is supremely valuable. Yes. And this doesn't have to just be for girlies. It can be for guylies too. Yeah. You know? Not making it gendered. Lindsay, what is Rakuten? Tell everyone. I use, I have Rakuten. I'm looking at it right now in my browser, but explain. You're good at explaining what Rakuten is because you love it. It's the smartest way to save money when you shop. Duh. No, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it is, but I'm, you're not, I'm not really telling you what it is. That's what it does. It knows where you're shopping. It says, here's how to save money. It gives you cash back for all types of stores because Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop because members get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every category, including fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, travel, dining, and more. Your favorite stores like Dyson, Samsung, or Nike pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the commission with its members. That's you. Cashback is direct is deposited directly into your PayPal account, or Rakuten can send you a check. The choice is yours. Lindsay likes the PayPal account. I'm sort of into a paper check. I like that idea. You can even maximize your savings by stacking cashback on top of other deals like store sales and coupons. So shop for everything from fashion to beauty, home decor to groceries, even kids' school supplies. You're already shopping at your favorite stores, so why not save while you're doing it? It's a no-brainer, and membership is free and easy to sign up. Get the Rakuten app now and join the 17 million members who are already saving. Cashback rates change daily. See Rakuten. Rakuten.com for details. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Your cash back really adds up. I love my Helix mattress. I love my Helix pillow. What else is there to say about Helix? I freaking love it. <laughs> what when I sleep on other beds, what is there I else get to say Is that I come back to my bed and I'm like, this is the bed. This is the bed. And it's honestly spoiled me for other beds. And I don't like traveling sometimes because I'm like, this is not my bed. Where's my bed? I want I've my bed. It, I've made it. It's, it's my special bed. It's my special mattress because it is a mattress that is made for my body. Mm-hmm. I took the Helix quiz. It told me which Helix mattress to get. And that's the one I got. And that's the one that I love. And that's yes. the one that I will not stop mm-hmm. using because it's the best mattress I've ever slept on. Mm-hmm. The mattress is so good that when we got it, my cat Winston became obsessed with it. And now he's on it all the time. And I'm no like, way. you have to move because no I way. need to sleep on the bed. It's my bed. It's not your bed. Wow. He's obsessed with it. It's wow. irritating, actually. Wow. He likes okay. the Helix rude. so much. It's so rude. Everybody is unique, and I mean everybody, two words, because everyone sleeps differently. Their bodies are different. And that's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific seat positions and feel preferences. I'm a side sleeper slash stomach sleeper. Some people are back sleepers. Some people are exclusively side sleepers. There's a Helix mattress for all of you. 
Not only is the Helix the best mattress I've ever slept on, it, the setup was fast and easy. Their mattresses are delivered in a box and straight to your door. You just open it up and it like kind of like blows back up at a, after it comes out of the plastic and you put it on your bed and it's amazing. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. And if you don't want to take our word for it, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash who. That's helixsleep.com slash who. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hi, Weekly. Scrolling through Twitter, saw Ella Hosk at the Cannes Film Festival, and I haven't heard of this gal before, Googled her. She's like a Swedish model. But I just want... uh, Bobby Lindsay Timmy to take a quick look at uh, what this girl is wearing on the Ken film red carpet because I don't think I've seen anything like it. Elsa Husk, who knew? Um, burgers for the boys, salad for the girls. Everyone keeps calling cool. this. Every, it's really cool, but everyone keeps calling it an optical illusion dress. And I'm like, that's not what an optical illusion dress is. Like, there's no optical illusion here. It's just that the dress looks like it's falling off, but it's supposed to look like it's falling off. You know what? It's really just giving like Met Gala, which is interesting. Like, yeah. it's just a really cool couture look or whatever. It's Victor and Rolf. It looks like the dress is blowing off of her. Mm-hmm. Like, it reminds Revealing me her, actually. Um, bustier? Like her bustier under or whatever. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know. She's a model, right? Is that what this person is asking? What's her deal? She's literally a model. She's a Victoria's Secret angel, and she has been a Victoria's Secret angel for over 10 years. That's how she got famous. She says, Bravo team, thank you for having me at Cannes. Did Bravo, like the network, why would Bravo have Elsa Hawk? No, Bravo team. She's saying Bravo oh. to her team. Wow, Lindsay, you're so well, then... VPR pilled that you don't know that Bravo is a word outside of that channel. <laughs> Bravo team. Okay, but then, but I was trying to figure out why she was at Can and like team. what. I always forget that Can is like people are there for a reason, but then they're just random people who are like, I want somewhere to serve glamour this month. Can I go to Can? You know what I mean? And Can is like, we would love for you to serve glamour on the red carpet. We yeah. want attention. Yes. For this. Like it's yes. it's very what's good for the goose is good for the gander here. Like Can wants Elsa Haas there to make their event seem relevant and fabulous, you know? And of course they want it to does. be there because the it carpet does. is, the croissette is iconic. You want to be on the croissette. Well, also, you know, can unlike other gall- balls and galas, has a red carpet, a normal red carpet. I don't see a fucking Swoosh. beige carpet or a weird trident toothpaste carpet. They said, it's red, sweetie. That is the color of glamour. It is a red carpet. It will I'm always sick of these be carpets that are can. other colors. How do you feel about these carpets where they make them other colors? I don't like it. I didn't mind the Met Gala one as much as you, but I did find the Oscars like gray carpet offensive, like to my very core. I was like, how dare you? Look at this photo. Look how the red carpet is like part of the look, unfortunately. Like it just is, right? Yeah. I think it's so annoying that you're going to tell these stars like, oh, sorry, this year our carpet is like teal. And they have to deal with that? They have to work around that? <laughs> no. Like, deal let with it. That? It's, it's enough already. Just let the carpet be glamorous and red. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Or dark blue or, su- you know, no, what? No, it should be red. It should be, it should red. be red. It should be red. That's the standard. Every year, your carpet should be the same color. 
if the Vanity Fair Oscars after party wants to have a dark blue, I think theirs is blue, right? Isn't it a little bit different? Yeah, it's blue. Blue. Typically. Okay. I don't know if it always is, but it has been for the past few years at least. Your it's carpet like a, should a marbled be the same. Blue. Your carpet should be the same color every year. But you know what Vanity Fair does? Like the people who go to the Vanity Fair Oscar party, they typically wear something else. They change. No, I know. But I at know. Least to work with the blue carpet. When you know that it's going to be blue, I'm okay with it. Like you, you can plan for it. No, it should it should be the same color every year, and the Oscars carpet should be red. How much in advance did the people attending the Oscars this year know the carpet was going to be gray? That's what I want to know because I think that should Wasn't affect like... that could affect the looks. Girlie oh went on the town and was like, "And by the way, the Oscars are going to be iconic, and the carpet's going to be gray." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" The carpet is gr- who made that decision? Do you remember gray that this carpet. year? Yes, the gray carpet. Gray carpet, disgusting. You want people to watch the Oscars and you're going to give us a gray carpet? I'm, I'll show up with a red. I'll I'll provide carpet. Oh, they called it champagne. Fuck Disgusting. you. Disgusting. It knew, was ugly I, gray. No. It was like beige. On Variety, why the 2023 Oscars red carpet is champagne instead of red and will it stay clean? <laughs> Disgusting. No. Disgusting. Wasn't it raining too or something? Yeah, I think it was raining. Get out of here. The Oscars were cursed. Get the, the Oscars fuck were out of here So Elsa Hosk okay. is a Swedish model. What's sort of, I guess, interesting about this call is that I've seen this name all over the place for years. And I don't know that we've ever talked about her because she's kind of, she's giving boring Victoria's Secret model to me. And that's kind of all she is. The thing that I always think about with these, Victoria's Secret model used to mean something. I mean, I'm not, this sounds like I'm like, (laughs) I sound like I'm like, Victoria's Secret model used to mean something. No, I don't care. I don't, I do not care about losing the, the glamour of the Victoria's Secret model. But it did used to have this kind of element of fame attached to it where you were part of this like elite crew that you were like, that yeah, that you were like brought into or whatever. No one watches that anymore. They, it's it's totally a lost tradition. We're, I think the culture is better for it. And no one cares if you're a Victoria's Secret model. It's interesting that like maybe Elsa's generation of models is the last that even have the, like, the, the gall to call themselves that. But yeah. I just really don't think that there's so many more – model adjacent things that you can be a part of that have more of an impact than this Uh it's just it's a very it's a relic like she was a victoria's secret model from 2011 2018 so like that's literally when it ended like that's kind of around when it fell off i think she kind of i think she may still be one but she definitely started in 2011 yeah can i play this she's this fan video elsa Haas victoria's secret runway walks 2011 through 2018 is set to an instrumental version of a pop song. I'm going to play it and see how long it takes for you to clock the pop song. Wide awake. Come on. <laughs> it's Katy Perry, wide awake. I'm wide awake. Is that like yeah. supposed to be like sh- her runway walk is like alive? Or I don't whatever? think it means anything. But the greatest thing about it is that they only have two minutes and 26 seconds of runway walk. So this is how it ends. This is the last six seconds of, of Elsa Haas' Victoria's Secret runway walks. Listen, it just ends abruptly. I'm wide awake. She's also married to a guy named Tom Daly, but not that Tom Daly, a different Tom Daly. Partner, she is with the straight Tom Daly, not... Not the gay Tom Daly. Not, uh, what's his name? Who is, what's the director? Dustin Lance Black. Dustin, not Dustin Lance Black's husband. She's with the the straight version. He's just a guy. He's like a rich businessman who owns like a 
sunglasses company and they have a kid together. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Uh Okay. So Sarah Bareilles posted the most Sarah Bareilles thing. And I have to tell you, she's my queen. I love her. I'll forever stand. And I'm laughing at this with all of the love in my heart. But I have to read you this caption she wrote. This is my last night living in Manhattan. I walked to the water to take in one last sunset, and the sun took my breath away. It was low and swollen and blood red, and it felt like an awesome omen. At first, my thought was, this is a terrifying and, or this is terrifying and a symbol of terrible things to come. But on second thought, it simply felt powerful and a mystic indicator that this moment is worth making. I have always been a fearful jumper, parentheses, see earlier spiral about terrible omen. Taking big leaps is not easy, but it's necessary, and it's what makes us remember we can. Every time we do, we are practicing the art of meeting new earth with a little more sky under your belt. And then the last line is, see you in Brooklyn, period. (laughs) She's moving from Manhattan to Brooklyn. (laughs) And And this was her caption. I just... I love her so much. I wish I felt things as deeply as Sarah Bareilles feels things. And I hope that y'all see her around in Brooklyn, because apparently she's moving to Brooklyn. So look out for Sarah. Crunch, crunch. I will go out of my way to find this girly. One of my favorite girlies. This is why Sarah is a award-winning singer-songwriter and we're all not. Because if I were just moving from Manhattan to Brooklyn, I'd be like, bye, bitch. But this <laughs> is a beautiful tristice on the emotions you feel when crossing one of the bridges or the tunnel, whichever, however you choose to mm-hmm. get there. Or the ferry. Or the ferry. It's giving such New York brain. I mean, the brokenness of New York brain being like, my life is going to be so different. <laughs> Like, New York is the center of the universe. I can't imagine any place outside of these five boroughs. These two boroughs? These two boroughs? Can you imagine moving from one borough to another? You know, like, just, it is a big deal, but it's such a, it's such a funny thing to be so dramatic about. And I love her. I also love her for it. And She's I thought a genius. This, call, this call was cracked me up. Sarah Bellis is one of our greatest geniuses and artists. She is. And she has a song, Manhattan. Either you or Timmy put it in here. I was like, I'm going to play. Timmy. I'm going to play from Manhattan. It's one of. It's, Timmy did. It's from her album, The Blessed Unrest, which is one of my favorite albums. I'll say I it know loud and proud. I love her. And no one's in. It's fine. No need to be embarrassed. Manhattan is an interesting song. I mean, I'll play a part of it here. It's a breakup song. And it's about. I think this is sort of part of the. I had never read this. This 2016 New York Times piece about like. Her, her homes in like Manhattan and her home in Venice in Los Angeles. But Manhattan is about a breakup that she had from some guy and they both lived in LA at the time. And when they broke up, he was like, you can have Manhattan. So it's, it's sung from the point of view of the ex-boyfriend because she's mm-hmm. like, Manhattan's mine. Gosh, He's giving really Manhattan didn't... to me. So Manhattan is very important okay. to her for a lot of reasons. Uh-huh, but now she's saying, yeah. I'm claiming Brooklyn with my hunky boyfriend. The hunk from uh, uh-huh. Mayor. Yeah, he's hot. He's hot. I love Mayor Boyfriend. You can have Manhattan I know it's for the best I'll gather up the avenues And leave them on 
I feel like we're talking about a crazy Instagram caption and a new crazier Instagram caption popped up overnight that I think we need to address. And I know someone didn't call about this, but did you see the Bryce Dallas Howard Instagram (sighs) from yesterday? I'm still itching over it. I cannot. I thought it was fake. The 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 lobotomy this woman has received at some point is like it's showing you know what I mean like it needs to, she needs like to you know how you, your car hits a certain amount of miles and you got to take it to the shop <laughs> like someone take her to the shop can I read the whole th- I mean yes it I is... want you to read the whole oh thing oh my god I cannot believe we, her. also just remember we are in the middle of a writer's strike that is about to be accompanied by an actor's strike the SAG they might also okay to strike and this is what this woman is posting on her Instagram. Hollywood is, I think, in many ways, an empowering place to be right now, but it's not like a pleasant place to be right now. It's a no. it's a strained place to be right now. The cracks of Hollywood are showing, like the 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 inequities of Hollywood are showing. There's a lot of intense stuff happening there. And this mm-hmm. is what Bryce Dallas Howard has taken to has Instagram to, to post. The daughter of one of the most kind of famous actors one and of the directors. Most successful directors um, and of, successful of a financially. Uh, yes. Yeah, so right. just take that in mind. This is what she has to contribute. Okay. Um, there's a, a, a company by a, a beautiful headshot. Yeah, beautiful headshot. A message to aspiring artists and fellow dreamers. Heart. When I graduated high school in the spring of 99, I was thoroughly optimistic about starting my career. By the time my classmates graduated college 20 years ago this May, I felt completely different. There was a stark reality that I had simply not been prepared for, what it actually takes to make it in the entertainment industry. My peers and I were fortunate to attend the best drama schools, but there was a massive gap. While schools gave us an amazing foundation, we finished our formal training and still felt stuck because we were told our only option was to wait for someone else to hire us. Sound familiar? So after months of trial and error, I knew I needed to create a strategy for myself, one based on what my grandparents taught me. To make a consistent living in the entertainment industry, you must become a multi-hyphenate actor, director, writer, producer, and create work for yourself and your peers. Most students don't learn this until years into their career, and I want to change that. In my mid-twenties, that looked like gathering a group of friends for a workshop, and in recent years I've taught a filmmaking course at NYU. The headline for both, creating a structure for collaboration and creating our own work. It's my mission to empower newcomers with the same strategies that I've observed and practiced, because there is a path to making it. We are in the midst of a tremendous transformation in the storytelling industry. I've witnessed how flawed industry standards are, and these conflicting, unrealistic, and outdated messages make many quit before they've even had the chance to shine. But trust me when I say that there's more opportunities than ever to realize your dreams of becoming a professional storyteller. I want all artists to know the power of this moment, and I intend to be there for you every step of the way. So here's the plan. She's about to be like, for $9.99 a month, I will share. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead, finish it. So here's the plan. I'll share my tips, ideas, and stories to help you navigate the showbiz landscape. But I need your input. Tell me in the comments, what are your questions about the entertainment industry? Hashtag emerging artist. Hashtag filmmaking life. (laughs) Hashtag nine muses. Hashtag Bryce Dallas Howard. I Did she mention her daddy? gagged 
comment from Cheska Lee. Francesca Ramsey. One of your first credits on IMDb is from 1995, Apollo 13, um, long before you graduated acting school. How'd you book that? Did you have an agent? <laughs> it's just the most, it's maybe the one of the most oblivious tone deaf things I've seen an actor do in a very, in like a minute, it's in a long minute. so fucking insane she even got her dad to comment i love and depend upon going to you for advice <laughs> daughter i so look forward to all you'll be offering up to those interested in tapping into your experience taste and perspectives she's so oblivious that she hasn't turned off the comments <laughs> well, she needs the comments these are where the questions are coming oh, right right, right. <laughs> i just can't be leave this woman ever it's un and and ever and there are a few comments that are actual questions but most of the comments are like are you kidding me yeah of course how could they not be and the thing is like so you see something like this and you think of the timing when like all these people in hollywood are like working towards better livelihoods and you scroll through her grid and her stories and this girly does not appear to have said anything on the permanent record about no anything going I on. I bet not. She has not mentioned the not. strikes. She has not mentioned. I bet the Howard family is not l loving loving a writer's strike right That's now. That's what I'm saying. I bet the and I bet the Howard family call hates yourself, the strike. And if you're gonna proudly call yourself a multi hyphenate, shouldn't you be striking with the writers? Shouldn't mm -hmm. you be in solidarity if you are gonna call yourself a writer, Bryce Dallas Howard? Okay, guess not. Guess what I don't see on um, Ron Howard's Instagram grid either. Oh, I bet you don't see anything. Solidarity with the WGA. Yeah, I, I see none of that. Don't. I, I bet see. you don't. I bet you don't. These people. Anyways, back to Sarah Bareilles, my queen. She's moving from, from Manhattan to Brooklyn. This is an Instagram caption I can stand behind. I'm happy for her. We are and Brooklyn I'm, I'm people now. For her. Moving on over. And I hope to see her. I wonder what neighborhood she moved to. What neighborhood do you think she moved to? Brooklyn Heights. Uh, Brooklyn Heights. What neighborhood do I think she moved to? Brooklyn Heights, babe. <laughs> Brooklyn Heights. You think of Brooklyn She's Heights? She's across the street from Lily Allen and David Harbor. Are you kidding me? Oh my God, you're so right. Oh, okay. Well, Sarah Brell is calling. She and bought Martin Amos's like old building in like Cobble oh Hill God, or something. You know, stop. like she's, she's like yeah, she's Schumer's neighbor or who moved? Yeah, Schumer. She just bought the uh, Moonlight House. We're gonna see her at fucking Montero's. You know. She's going to go to Long Island <laughs> Bar true. and with, get a martini. She's going to be with Matt Damon at singing karaoke at Montero's. Okay, fine. Rapid fire time. Rapid fire. Manhattan is messy, but she's kind. Manhattan is lonely most of the time. Manhattan is all of this mixed up and baked in a beautiful pie. Manhattan is gone, but she used to be mine. It was like 70-something degrees a couple days ago. It's time to put our winter weather to bed, or in my Pull case, under the bed. your linens, sweeties. The lin it's, time it's linen season, honey. Oh, oh, all I want is linen all the time. I just want to be draped in linen for my entire life. Not only am I pulling out my linen tops my linen bottoms my linen dresses i'm putting on my linen sheets i'm putting on my linen pillowcases i'm just like Ooh. everything is linen because the weather's getting warmer so it's time to say goodbye to jacket sweaters and hello to shorts tees and linen i know i should probably buy 
some linen shorts from Quince. I have a Quince cotton duvet cover that I really like. Ooh. And it's warm. Ooh. It's it's warm in the cold months and it's cool in the warm months, which is sort of where I want my bedding to be, somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle. You and know? you can get premium European linen from blouses, shorts, dresses from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And you get it for a good price because Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands by partnering directly with top factories. They cut out the cost of the middlemen and pass the savings on to you. I hate middlemen. I hate and middlemen. only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. We love it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash who for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash who to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash who. Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. Um, I apologize for the air conditioning background. It's very hot. Um, just wondering, is there a them Shelby? I don't think there is, but if there is, I would love to know. So is there a them Shelby <laughs> showing hole? Okay, I do have an answer to this, and you know how I found the answer to this. Yeah. This is a case for FamousBirthdays.com, okay? So I'm at FamousBirthdays.com slash names slash Shelby.html. When aren't you? When and we have, aren't you? And we have all of the famous when Shelbys. aren't you at FamousBirthdays.com? And after scrolling through the list of famous Shelbys, all 48 famous Shelbys that are uh-huh. on FamousBirthdays.com, I can definitively uh-huh. say the answer to the question, are there any them Shelbys? The answer is no. But like... The, that TV show Shelby Woo and then Shelby from Fried Green Tomatoes, right? Or not Fried Green Tomatoes, um, Still Magnolias. But those aren't thems. Those are just characters, right? I guess that's kind of the closest thing we have. Drink your juice, Shelby! Drink your juice, Shelby, is the most iconic contribution for anyone named Shelby. And honestly, I, I challenge future Shelbys to make a difference. But I don't know if anyone's getting named Shelby. It's just now. really been a long time since, I guess, Shelby Lynn. I recognize that name. But like, and that's number 14 on this list. I don't recognize practically any name on this list of 48 people one yeah shelby lynn yeah that's it oh shelby blackstock the race card i do recognize that name that name comes up sometimes so no shelby blackstock no them shelby's okay wow hi vlt um medium time medium time um i was wondering in light of the recent i guess upcoming succession finale um, if you could rank the Roy children from Who to Them, um, specifically their actors, so Alan Ruck, Sarah Snook, Karen Culkin, and Jeremy Strong. I feel like I know the answer already, but I want to know what y'all think. Um, okay, bye, crunch, crunch, uh, promising young, promising young woman, woman. I mean, it's so crazy to me that I don't watch this show, and yet these actors have also, like, in, like bored their way into my conscious as well you know like yeah but i can really only name like logan and from like as far as characters go and like cousin greg and like um shiv shiv that's shiv? sarah snook do you know what kieran yeah. kieran colcott's name is this is like this is my yeah. vpr for you <laughs> yeah like what's his doug name? i know i i don't no, I, it's I, not doug yeah. it's roman what is it roman oh i do know that i do know that alan yeah, yeah, ruck's yeah, name I, is connor I don't know Connor. Jeremy Strong. You know what Jeremy Strong's character's name is? Main. Isn't main that name Logan? Boy? No, no, no. That's Brian Logan? Cox, and he's dead now. Oh. 
Kendall. Is it Jeremy? Kendall. 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 So we have Sarah Snook, Kieran Culkin, Alan Ruck, Jeremy Strong from Who to Them because the premiere, the finale is on Sunday. Thank God. Honestly, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye, bitch. Oh, I feel the same way. Okay. No, I'm only saying that because I know that Succession fans feel the way that I do, which is like, bye, bitch, like, end. You know what I mean? Yeah, we need it. Like, no, I mean, it's, 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 like, it's an incredible... They did an incredible service to fans by ending it after the season because it yeah. could not have gone any longer. And a great service to the actors who can now go on and do some other things. These are all, all these actors are people who consider themselves actors. You know, like these are all actors. Okay. And I'm dying to see Sarah Snook. I've only, the only Australian I've ever seen her give is in The Dressmaker, which is a really good and underrated movie. I'm dying <laughs> to see, see her, her do Australian else. again. I just needed to go back to Australian. I can't deal with her American accent. Because the accent, accent is bad. That American okay. accent. Ugh. So... Who to them? You want me to do who yeah. to them, and then you'll like yeah. do. You'll, okay. I'll see if I, I'll see if we um, agree. If 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 being a viewer of the show changes things, Alan Ruck is a hundred percent the whoiest person in this list, um, for sure. I think he is not as big of a breakout, and I know that he's obviously a long timer, but he's not as big of a breakout as these other actors. Then I would say, I would say Sarah Snook, and then I would say Kieran Culkin for the Macaulay Culkin factor of it all, and then I would say Jeremy Strong number one who is like bordering on them dumb from like his recent antics. I would switch Alan Ruck and Sarah Snook simply because I don't think people know who Sarah Snook is if they don't watch Succession. Really? And I think people look at Alan Ruck and they're like, oh, that guy, because he's been that guy for 35 but he's, years. But don't you think him being that guy is more of a hooey trait than her being like no. this huge character? Because okay. I think that if you don't watch, and I also think that the, the, the number of viewers of Succession is... I think we're inflating the number of people who give a shit about this show because of where we exist <laughs> online. It's one guy in a room screaming about Logan versus like actually, you know, the the stadium of people watching Three and a Half Men. Yeah, the That's stadium of people anymore. watching Yellowstone. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, essentially, totally, totally, based on what I know about totally. Yellowstone, not far off in terms of like what it's about. Oh, yeah, true. It is a family dynasty thing. What's-his-face loves that shit. Yeah, 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 totally. I'm going to do Sarah Snook, Alan Ruck. Kieran Culkin, Jeremy Strong. But you agree that Jeremy is like the big breakout. Yeah, he gets all the attention. Guy. And Kieran, I would say, is also Name big, but his Culk the Culkin thing is a really still I, a very strong pull. I almost put Culkin above Jeremy, but Jeremy has also just been doing more outside Jeremy, of the show. The, pr the press. Jeremy that had Jeremy Oscar buzz last year, you know, the like Jeremy. Press? You know? Did you hear the story that Bowen Yang told on his podcast about Jeremy Strong? Have no. you heard this yet? Uh -uh. I think it got it got reported out too. I guess uh Nora from Queens shoots on the same I'm just retelling a story. That's fine. Nora from Queens shoots on the same soundstage as um Succession, so they uh -huh. sometimes see the Succession actors and um they I guess he had heard so uh, Jeremy Strong came into the Nora from Queens office main office and asked um, where the bathroom was and then they told him and he went to the bathroom and then a PA came in and goes um, was Jeremy still was Jeremy just here and they were like yeah and then she goes did he ask where the bathroom is and they were like yeah and she's like oh he has a he has a scene today where he has to ask where the bathroom is <laughs> He was method. He, he was he was pretending. Oh he was my he was practicing. God. Oh my God. That's incredible. It's a good. That's a really good story. Yeah. That's a really hear good story. Actually, good version of it. Go to Las Culturistas. Bowen tells the story. John Lovett was also on Las Culturistas talking about Vanessa Hudgens' ghost. Well, he lives in her house. He loves. He lives yeah. in her house. And there, yeah, the, in the intro to the episode, they ask him where in the house she performed her COVID is not a thing speech. And Succession Ends Sunday. Iconic. Yeah. Last call. Is 
umami, a who or a them? Crunch, crunch. Like umami? Umami, like oh, one of the tastes. Sorry. I think the answer to this question is that in the past 10 years, if you asked me 10 years ago, I would say it's a who. But I think umami, thanks to like the proliferation of like cooking culture and like how trendy it is to like know about food, even if you don't cook. And I think that's sort of like the crazy thing about cooking videos and cooking content. It's like you don't have to cook it to enjoy it. Since cooking videos have become more popular like broadly, I think that like the the prevalence of umami as like a taste has increased. And I think that umami is a them now. That's what I'm saying. I think people are, care more about cooking in our bubble. So you think that people more know more about umami, but I don't know if that's more of a thing. Okay. <laughs> but co cooking culture is maybe bigger. Yeah. Umami is like the, sa it's the savory taste bud. It's the savory yeah. taste bud. Yeah. Yeah. It's the really good one. It's the good, it's the good, it's the good taste bud. It's like, you know, the scene in Best in Show where none of their credit cards are working and they keep swiping Eugene Levy's credit card and then Catherine O'Hara's like, no, that's the good card. That's the good card. That's the good taste bud. I mean, I think also the, I mean, if you really want to get into it, it's like the aversion and racism against like MSG being a thing. Like, yeah. it is, has now folded back on itself as people are kind of realizing yeah. that it was never this thing that was bad for you. And it makes, yeah. And I just think like that, the MSG back, the backlash to the, to the, to the kind of fake stereotypes about MSG and how it was bad for you is now reversing how we feel about umami. I think there's a lot of stuff wrapped up in this that makes yeah. it more of a thing for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Umami. Let's call it a them. Umami, you're a them now. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and we're finished. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There. Keep calling in at 619 Who Them to leave questions, comments, and concerns for our Friday show. Support us on patreon.com slash whoweekly for bonus episodes, a Discord server, commentary track. I guess we're going to do True Beverly Hills, maybe something else, who knows, soon for a commentary mm -hmm. track. We also have a newsletter sometimes, as I said, a Discord server. You can get the audio only in the Apple Podcasts app. You just click subscribe in there, and then you get the, uh, the subscriber content just within the Apple Podcasts app. It's great. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for providing our media theme song on Tuesdays. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant, for researching and editorializing. We won't see you on Tuesday because we're taking the day off for Memorial Day. We're on vacation. Woo, woo, woo. So have a good Memorial Day if you're celebrating. Bye. She's part of the tribe, but I don't think she's eating tribe hummus. I um, had to pause, this is Sarah, had to pause the pod because you're talking about porn and the gas and the fireman and whatever. I live in Brooklyn and last summer we smelled gas really strongly in our apartment and called 911 and the fire department did come and they were re really hot. And then they did their little, like, testy thing with the meter and didn't detect any. But they, when one of the hot ones was checking the stove, he literally turned the gas on and then left. And we had been outside because, you know, we were avoiding the scene while they did their job. And we got inside, like, 15, 20 minutes later. And our house wasn't filled with gas before the firemen were there. But after, it was filled with gas. So, you know. Okay. Uh, hummus is good, I guess. Oh, wait, is that Patreon? Okay, well, crunch, crunch.
Hey, Lindsay Bobby, just sharing my own super embarrassing story of when the fire department showed up at my apartment in Chinatown. Um, I thought I smelled gas really strongly in my apartment and um, like seven firefighters showed up, uh, all of them very fucking hot. They looked all over the place. They showed up in about 10 seconds after I called 311, by the way, and their truck blocked my entire tiny little street in Chinatown. Um, then they looked everywhere, couldn't find anything, overturned my yoga mat and found a dead fucking mouse. That is what smelled up my apartment. Then my boyfriend came home and I told him the story and I told him how hot the iron, the uh, fucking fireworker, the firemen were. He's an iron worker, okay? And I said, yeah, they all were super hot, babe. And he said, you know they make less money than I do, right? Crunch, crunch. The way that I, too, have called the fire department, the NYFD, if you will, because I thought that I smelled gas and not one but three fire trucks pulled up that were essentially clown cars of the hottest men you've ever seen in your life. And then literally one one of them takes one single step out of the truck and goes are your neighbors having a barbecue? Because somebody poured so much lighter fluid on their grill that I thought I had a gas leak. And very similarly, they were like, so this is what lighter fluid smells like, not gas. Got it? And just the hottest men in New York City staring at me, disappointed. Crunch, crunch. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. I I am a couple days behind, so I realize that today is Friday and the call-in episode already probably came out. But I just had to pause, pod, stop in my tracks because you guys said the name David Cornsweet, which I honestly have been waiting for you guys to for him to pop up on your radar for a long time. I was hoping it would never happen, out of pettiness, because um, he. His family and my family used to go to a Buddhist summer family retreat every summer. We were like five years old. Um, so I've known him for a very long time. Uh, but I haven't actually seen him or spoken to him since I was 16 when he was my first kiss. Uh, we made out on the yoga mat. Um, and then he ghosted me and, and never spoke to me and we never saw each other again. And I've held a petty grudge against him, as one does for a long time and when he started popping up in movies and TV shows I just my fun fact is that he was my first kiss and I have like pictures of us you know at this Buddhist camp together uh he was hot even as a 16 year old and bunny and definitely like had star quality even then can't say much oh and he was very into climate justice when he was at Juilliard that was the only time he ever interacted with me on Facebook after our tryst that's all I have to say about him. Nothing really too spicy, but the fact that he is possibly about to become really, really famous 
it just hurts my soul. But, like, he's fine. He just, you know, he just did me, like, a little bit wrong when I was a teenager. Anyway, uh, crunch, crunch. Live and leave me to laptops. So you should know. Bye. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, and Timmy. Uh, me and my dad, I was teaching my dad about the concept of who's in them, and he came up with a third category. Do you want to tell them about it? So it's like a who, but it's somebody that's lower than a who, but above a nah. And so it's kind of like a who's who. Get it? A who's who. Yeah, that's it. Okay, thank you. Uh, women do not belong in balloons. Bye. Hi, Who Weekly. I'm just calling to let you know that I went to a gay strip club in Portland, Oregon last night, and they did play Praising You. So Rita has penetrated the culture at least to that extent. Um, I'm also curious, do you think that Norvina knows Normani and vice versa? Um dining on salads and vegetables.